Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. You testified that you trusted your sister. After the discovery of J.J. and Tylee, did that change? Yes. Why? I felt lied to, and my trust in my sister was broken. I'm Jonathan Vigliotti. We're starting this week's special episode of 48 Hours with emotional testimony from Lori Vallow-Daybell's sister, Summer Shiflett. We're in the fourth week of testimony in Lori Daybell's trial for the murders of her two youngest children, Joshua J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan. She's accused, along with her husband, Chad Daybell, of J.J. and Tylee's murders, as well as the murder of Chad's late wife, Tammy Daybell. They've both pleaded not guilty, and Chad Daybell's trial will occur at a later date. The 48 Hours team has been reviewing hours and hours of court audio, bringing you the latest highlights from each week of the trial. We'll get into testimony from both Lori Vallow-Daybell's sister, as well as Tammy Daybell's sister, Samantha Gwilliam. We'll also learn more about what might have actually happened to J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan. For all the latest, we're back with longtime 48 Hours producer Richie Fetzer, who's been covering the case alongside me since 2019. Welcome back, Richie. Hi, Jonathan. Um, Thank you for having me back. There's certainly a lot to talk about this week. There is. And much like last week, the court heard gut-wrenching testimony from someone who may know Lori as well as anyone else, her sister, Summer Shiflett. I can't imagine, Richie, how hard it must be for her to have testified against her sister. It's been reported that Shiflett cried throughout her testimony which isn't surprising considering what she had to say about her relationship with Lori. She and Lori were very close growing up, according to Shiflett. And then as adults, Shiflett said that she was present in Lori and the children's lives. Did you uh, see Tylee grow up? Yes. Uh, How would you describe Tylee? I would describe her as 
beautiful and witty and very talented in a lot of different ways. But eventually Shiflet said she too began to hear Lori's stories about past lives and the end of times, right? Yes, that's correct. Shiflet testified that Lori changed after she met Chad Daybell and began to tell stories that Shiflet found hard to believe. 2019, did she tell you that she had been someone else in another life? Prior to 2018? Prior to 2018. No. In late 2018 or 2019, did she tell you that? Yes. Did she, did she tell you about her previous lives? Yes. Did any of that make sense to you? Not really. Uh, did you believe it? I tried to. I wanted to believe her, but it didn't make sense. Listening to this, it seems Shiflet really wanted to believe her sister, but just couldn't wrap her mind around the things she says Lori was telling her. Ms. Shiflet, fair to say that you trusted what she told you? Yes. You believed your sister when she stated to you that JJ and Tylee were safe? Yes. I'm going to draw your attention to early June of 2020 uh, when JJ and Tylee's bodies were found. You testified that you trusted your sister. After the discovery of JJ and Tylee, did that change? Yes. Why? I felt lied to, and my trust in my sister was broken. Now, Richie, I know you remember this. I interviewed Shiflet and her and Lori's mother, Janice Cox, about a month before JJ and Tylee were found. And what struck me from that conversation was how much they believe the children were still alive, possibly being hidden by friends, maybe even in a bunker. These were theories that they were all kind of mulling through their mind. Of course, a much different scenario. Yes. And of course, when we did that interview, it was just before the children's bodies were found. And Mm. both of them really believed that JJ and Tylee were safe because that's what Lori was telling them. And they really believed you know, according to that interview, that Lori was incapable of harming her children. Right. And you can hear the apparent change for Shiflet in a recording of a video call prosecutors played between Shiflet and Lori from 2020. This was just days after the children's remains were recovered. At the time of this call, Lori was already in jail on child abandonment charges and just days away from being charged again, this time with two felony counts of conspiracy to commit destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence. Here's what Summer asked her sister then. How are you? This audio, it's hard to hear. It's recorded audio. It's being played back inside the courtroom. It's also very emotional as Lori's sister confronts Lori about the deaths of her niece and nephew. Tell us. We're 
Lori Vallow relatively calm there as you can hear her sister struggling at times to even catch her breath to get a word out. There's a big pause in the conversation, but Shiflet keeps questioning Lori. Wow, it is just heart-wrenching to hear Shiflet in this call. And it's interesting, as the call continues, Shiflet still seems open to hearing Lori out about what actually might have happened to JJ and Tylee. Is there another explanation? I feel like it's here. I don't want to think it. Absolutely, but I can't talk about it. You didn't you were not to Hawaii or dancing on the beach while your sister is the ground? So hard, Richie, to listen to this. I mean, clearly emotional, but having spoken with Summer Shiflet and her mother back at a time when they were still full of hope that JJ and Tylee were alive, clearly, obviously, this is the reality that Summer Shiflet faces while also coming to terms with what sounds like this growing instinct that maybe her sister was involved. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, the only conclusion you can come to listening to this. And the devastation in her voice is, mm. frankly, really hard to listen to. Uh, Shifley continues to question what Lori was thinking, jetting off to Hawaii, just weeks after police say her children had been killed and buried in her then very new husband, Chad Daybell's backyard. I think you were dancing on the beach having a great time, getting married. And you took pictures to prove your kids don't deserve a burial, but you need to get wedding pictures? You don't think that's upsetting? Nobody knows. I'm sorry. Then nobody knows except for you and the Lord. Yeah, ask him. I have, and guess what? I don't have one scripture that says it's okay for children to be thrown away like garbage in the ground. And if that's okay, there is nothing in the scriptures that is godly about hurting a child. Nothing. And they deserve a proper burial with family that loves them at the least. 
there's a part of the call that we'll listen to coming up where it seems like Lori is getting frustrated. Say, nobody's seen me on the floor, Craig. Nobody knows what I've been through. But my children that I love more than anything. My Lori. You were dancing on a beach with a smile on your face, taking yeah, wedding photos. Later. Trying to go on with life. You don't see happy trying to find some kind of happiness. You think I want to be alone? Do you think that your mother and your sister and your son don't deserve to know that the children are gone? Why wouldn't you call and tell us that? Why were we cut off? You want to go on and be happy? You're just going to be happy without your family and your life until you're stuck in jail and I'm the only one stupid enough to be your friend when I've been your best supporter, Lori. I've loved you my whole life. I still do. I can't bear to see you anything bad about you. It hurts me. I don't want to see you in jail. I don't want you to be there. I don't want people to misunderstand. If you would tell me the truth, I would stand up for you for the rest of time. You know that I would. I love you so much. But there is nothing okay about this. Nothing. Wow. As this call continues, Shiflet goes on to implore Lori to consider that Chad Daybell might have misled her. Lori. We have all read the scriptures. I know you told me about a lot of your spiritual experiences. You know I'm trying to support you in all of them. But I am telling you, because I love you with all my heart, please consider that Chad has lied and been deceived and that you have been deceived and that this is not what you think it is. Now you're hearing a lot of sniffling, and that is Summer Shiflet in court listening back to this audio recording as it's being played. Despite the love Shiflet says she has for her sister, she keeps suggesting that she believes Lori was somehow involved in JJ and Tylee's deaths. And this week turns out to be a week of sisters testifying. Summer Shiflet wasn't the only sister we heard from. Thank you, Honor. Will you please state your name and spell your last name? Samantha Gwilliam, G-W-I-L-L-I-A-M. Are you related to Tammy Daybell? Yes, I am. She's my sister. So we just heard the voice of uh, Samantha Gwilliam. She testified how she and Tammy Daybell grew up as the only girls amongst five siblings and how they stayed close throughout their entire lives. That is, she says, up until Chad moved Tammy and the family to Idaho. You know, before that, Gwilliam says she saw Tammy every day. And William Ritchie testified about what she says were some bizarre events, starting with some visits her sister made to William's home before she died. William said during one unannounced visit, she saw Chad sitting in the car while Tammy brought over a birthday present. William says this distance was out of character for him, meaning that he should normally have come up with that birthday present as well. On Tammy's last visit, she points out, Chad wasn't present at all, which William says was strange since Tammy did not like to travel alone. Uh, Richie, what else did William tell jurors? According to William, the most telling stories occurred after Tammy Daybell's death when she says Chad Daybell told the family he'd remarried a woman named Lori. 
you don't get married four weeks after you just buried your wife of almost 30 years. You just don't do that. And we found out it had only been two weeks after she had been buried, and we were devastated. Devastated. Uh, William says Chad told her that Lori's previous husband had died of a heart attack, and they had bonded over the deaths of their spouses. Now, it's true that Lori Vallodebel's third husband, Joe Ryan, had died of a heart attack. But that statement omits what happened to Lori's fourth husband, Charles Vallow, who Lori had been married to just before she married Chad Daybell. William looked up Lori on the internet and says she learned about Charles Vallow's shooting death at the hands of Lori's brother, Alex Cox, just four months earlier. Um, I discovered her, the, her name was tied to Vallow, and it brought up newspaper articles about a man in Arizona who had been shot in his own home by a brother-in-law. And I took that to my husband, and I said, I think this is the same woman that he's married As William's testimony continued, she says that she continued her research and she found an obituary for Charles Vallow where Kay Woodcock, Charles Vallow's sister and JJ's Mm. grandmother, comments about how, quote, we will take care of JJ, unquote. So this reference to a young child raised red flags for William. She says she hadn't heard anything about children before this. So she says she asked Chad about it. And I said, well, so... Please help me understand, so now that you've married her, are, you, are there children? Because I had seen the other information, and I said, are you going to be raising kids together? So after she asked that question, William says this was Chad Daybell's response. And he told me no, that there's no children, and that they were going to be empty nesters. Empty nesters. Let's be clear here. We know Lori did have children. So for Chad Daybell to say they were empty nesters, I'm sure prosecutors see this as a very damning statement. Yes, I I think that's the only way you can look at it. And um, William says she then asked about how the family would support themselves after Tammy Daybell died, since William says Tammy, as a school librarian, was the main breadwinner in the family. And in the past, Chad had relied on Tammy to contribute to the finances. Correct. Chad was not able to financially support the family by himself. No. And he wasn't he didn't indicate to you that he'd found a new profession to do that. No. So presumably he may have needed to rely on support from his new spouse. Correct. He uh, told us that she had lots of money. We have a lot more to get to, but let's use this moment to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear testimony from crime scene analysts, forensic experts, and others who helped answer the question of what actually happened to Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow. A sense of safety is important to everyone, and that's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. It's an advanced security system that protects your entire home so you can rest easy. Simply Safe is completely customizable with advanced sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. You can have 24 7 professional home monitoring for less than $1 a day. So try Simply Safe for 60 days risk free. If you don't love it, you can return your system for a full refund. Plus, we're offering listeners 
20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Don't wait. Visit simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. That's simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. There's no safe like Simply Safe. If you're a fan of 48 hours or true crime, looking to try on a case of your own, June's Journey is for you. A thrilling hidden object mystery game set against the backdrop of the 1920s. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective trying to unravel your sister's mysterious murder. As you dive into a world filled with twists and turns, trust no one. Every character could be hiding secrets. While you piece together the intricately woven plot, you'll collect crucial information in your photo album, turning suspicions into facts. And if you want help on the case, you can even join a detective club to collaborate or compete with fellow sleuths on hundreds of puzzles. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. We're back with 48 Hours producer Richie Fetzer. Last week, we learned more about the deaths at the center of this case, finally getting a little more clarity on where and how the children and Chad Daybell's wife, Tammy, died. The testimony highlighted the scale and the depth of this wide-reaching investigation, pulling agents and researchers from countless different government agencies. Richie, what did we learn from these experts? Yes. So while we've already heard testimony about the June 2020 search of Chad Daybell's property, FBI Special Agent Steve Daniels helped jurors picture the real scale of the operation. On this on this site, besides the evidence response team members, we had about eight We had Rexburg Police Department members. We had Fremont County Sheriff's Department members. We had other uh, FBI employees helping on this scene. So when listening to this court audio, I couldn't believe how many tools were being used in the search. Some were what you might expect, like shovels, rakes, metal trowels, and even a drone. But there were other things that might not immediately come to mind, like a high-tech laser ferro scanner, which makes a three-dimensional scan of the crime scene. And then on the other end of the tech spectrum, they use tongue depressors, which they use to process the skeletal remains. Right. And I understand part of why they needed all of those tools, and this is graphic to discuss, is because of how the remains were buried. While according to FBI Special Agent Daniels, the team located JJ without much trouble, they had a much more difficult time with Tylee. We do want to warn listeners that this material is still very disturbing. So fast forward about eight minutes or so, if you'd like to skip ahead. Richie? So Agent Daniels spent several minutes describing how much difficulty they had digging through what they'd eventually realized was Tylee Ryan's burial site. For a long time, officers didn't even realize kind of what they were looking at. They were uncertain what they were uncovering. It included this green bucket that was melted, and then what turned out to be teeth and bone, and even a necklace with a a silver charm on it. So just such a big contrast for us as a team, going from JJ's, how precise everything was placed, the stones, the planks, the wrapping of the body, all intact, versus Tylee's. A reminder that officers have said they believe Tylee was killed on or around September 9th, 2019, while JJ was killed later as he was last seen alive on September 22nd, 2019. We've previously reported this. JJ's remains were found wrapped in duct tape and plastic. Tylee's were discovered dismembered and severely burned. 
Richie, what, if anything, can we deduce from the differences between how these two children were killed and buried? Yes. So I think the first thing that comes to mind is some of the testimony we previously heard from Lori's sister-in-law, Zulema Pastenis, that Lori allegedly said people could be taken over by demons or dark spirits, and that the only way to completely cleanse the body of these demons is to bind or burn it. And you'll remember there was testimony from other witnesses claiming Lori had said both her children had been possessed. Yeah, it's all very disturbing. The medical examiners and forensic pathologists who conducted autopsies on J.J., Tylee, and Tammy Daybell's remains also testified. Their testimony, as you can imagine, was oftentimes very graphic. And the defense tried to argue against the autopsy photos even being shown. Is that correct, Richie? Several experts testified to the conditions of the children's remains and the tests that were done to hopefully learn what might have happened to them. Dr. Garth Warren conducted both J.J. and Tylee's autopsies, and he repeated some of what we've heard before. But he went on further to conclude what the actual cause of death was for J.J. Vallow. I determined the cause of death to be asphyxia by plastic bag over the head and duct tape covering the mouth. And then there's another segment that's other significant conditions. Um, I put bound with duct tape, bruising of the arms, and abrasion to the neck. But ultimately, the, the cause of death was asphyxia uh, by plastic bag over the, he- the head and duct tape over the mouth. Dr. Warren also drew attention to JJ's toxicology report, which showed low levels of a drug called GHB. Um, it's often referred to as liquid ecstasy. Um, some refer it to as a date rate drug. Um, so it, what it does, it acts as a uh, depressant on the central nervous system. It, it can give you a sense of euphoria. Uh, it can give you a sense of calming, relaxation. Liquid ecstasy or the date rape drug. Richie, please. Help me understand this. Why would J.J. have a drug like that in his system? Well, Jonathan, unfortunately, it's kind of impossible to know. So Dr. Warren, he acknowledges that GHB can be found in a variety of drugs that people use both medicinally and recreationally, but it can also be found in the body naturally. So we may never know, you know why that drug was found in J.J.'s system. Yet another very frustrating mystery. Moving on to Tylee. Her remains were found scattered and burned. So first of all, Dr. Warren was able to conclude that Tylee did not die naturally and that any burning likely happened after she'd been killed. Dr. Warren, based on your autopsy of Tylee Ryan and based upon your education, training, and experience, have you formed an expert opinion concerning the cause of death of Tylee Ryan? Yes. Uh, What is that cause of death? I determined the cause of death to be homicide by unspecified means. So Dr. Warren tells the jury, I can't tell you exactly why it's a homicide, but it is a homicide. So the coroner's office ends up sending Tylee's remains to Quantico, where Dr. Angie Christensen spends about a month scanning the fragments and concluding that some of the bones show signs of what she calls, quote unquote, sharp trauma. Sharp trauma. So Dr. Christensen testified that means something with a small surface area that was used to make an impact. 
Yeah, that's correct. So another FBI analyst speculated that the injuries could have come from a bladed tool, like a machete or a hatchet. Okay, so during testimony, it was revealed some tools were found on Chad Daybell's property. Were those also sent to a lab? They were sent to a lab. There was more than a dozen items that they collected and sent for DNA analysis. A forensic pathologist, her name is Catherine Dace, testified that Tylee's DNA was actually found on both a shovel and a pickaxe recovered from Chad Daybell's property. It seems prosecutors are trying to connect the dots that Tylee was killed and mutilated, possibly using tools found at Chad Daybell's home. Yes, and this evidence appears to be pretty damning. Then plastic bags and duct tape were recovered from JJ's burial site, and it was on one of these pieces of duct tape that investigators recovered a hair. A DNA analyst testified that after extensive testing, the hair was matched to a DNA profile for Lori Vallow-Daybell. Here's more of the analyst describing how unlikely it was that that hair could have belonged to anyone else. Your statistics were one in 71 billion. Yes. And can you just, again, just and just briefly, so that we're all clear, what exactly does that statistic mean? So that means that if I were to see this... um, I would stick my hand into a hat of DNA profiles. I would expect to see this profile one in 71 billion times. And that's 71 billion with a B. Uh, I think short story here, the odds are not in Lori Vallow's favor here. So, Richie, prosecutors are trying to tie Lori to JJ's burial. Is this the first time they've been able to do that? This is the first time that I've heard anything about any physical evidence tying Lori to J.J. or Tylee's burial. Also, on one of the plastic bags, an Idaho state police forensic scientist was able to find a finger and palm print that matched Lori's brother, Alex Cox. We also learned that a phone connected to Cox was seen near Chad Daybell's property on September 9th, a day after Tylee. Ryan was last seen alive, and then again on September 23rd, a day after JJ was last seen alive. So none of this looks good for Alex Cox, but we'll remind listeners, Alex Cox will never go on trial for his niece and nephew's deaths because he died in December of 2019 of what authorities say was natural causes. In addition to these testimonies, Richie, about the children's remains, we also got a glimpse into what investigators say is Tammy's cause of death as well. Yes. So one of the first things we heard was a recording of a 911 call from Chad Daybell and his son, Garth. Um, We just found my mom. She's on the ground frozen. She's stiff and I don't know. Are you in Madison County or Fremont County? Hello. I'm Chad, the husband. Um, She's clearly dead. Um, Oh, we don't so mean. sorry. Okay. Okay. Are you in Rexburg or because your address shows Fremont Rexburg County. address that you're in Fremont County? Oh, man. 
Okay, Chad, I'm going to get somebody up to you right now, okay? A very distraught-sounding Chad Daybell on the phone with 911 after discovering his wife, Tammy, as he described it, clearly dead. After Tammy's death, there was some back and forth about if an autopsy should be done. Richie, what happened here? Yes, so according to Fremont County Coroner Brenda Dye, who was on the scene at that time, Chad Daybell did not request an autopsy be performed. And ultimately, in this case, you determined to not have an autopsy conducted. Is that correct? correct? After consulting with the detective over the phone and Officer Greenhall and Deputy Coroner Wilmore. Did Chad request an autopsy? No. Did he make any indication to you regarding the autopsy? No. So it's important to note that during cross-examination, Lori's attorney, Jim Archibald, brings up that Chad Daybell's daughter, Emma Murray, also did not want an autopsy performed on her mother, Tammy Daybell. So Chad uh, and Emma, Chad and Tammy's daughter, uh, asked you, please don't do an autopsy. Um, They didn't deem it necessary. Emma was against it because of the extent of she didn't want that done to her mom okay and and so it, is it fair to say that you uh, believed chad's version of events of what happened to tammy Daybell? on scene at that time yes richie can you remind us what was the original cause of death Coroner Dye testified that the original cause of death that she came up with for Tammy Daybell was that she died of natural causes. Cause was pulmonary edema due to syncopal episodes with seizure-like activity um, and the manner natural. And again, that was based on, in, excuse me, let me back up. Was that based in large part on information Chad Daybell provided you? Yes, and also a daughter gave me some medical history background on her. But investigators began to view Tammy Daybell's death as suspicious due to her health, age, Chad Daybell marrying Lori so soon after. So they had her remains exhumed two months later on December 11th, 2019. Miss Dye, based on the information that you learned from the medical examiner and attending the autopsy, do you intend to modify the death certificate in this case? Yes. And what would you be changing the death certificate for Tamara Daybell to reflect? <clears throat> Cause of death, asphyxiation, the manner of death, homicide. Our team at 48 Hours will be reporting on the Lori Vello Daybell trial. We plan to bring you the latest coverage and analysis throughout the trial exclusively on the 48 Hours podcast. In the meantime, be sure to follow and listen to 48 Hours wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Richie, thanks so much for debriefing us again. We'll check back in with you soon. Thank you again for having me. We'll just have to see where this trial goes. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Take true crime with you on your shirt, mug, or hat with official 48 Hours merchandise at ParamountShop.com. You can take 20% off with code HOURS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all 48 Hours products with code HOURS20 at ParamountShop.com.